five from headquarters. I'm talking quietly. I snuck over. It's nap time. You'll see the visuals on social media, but we've got half gym, half daycare over here. This week's topic is getting different coaches going over their own worst injury, whether it be acute or an ag injury, and what that road to fully overcoming it was really like. And mine is probably the most over-talked about story, so it kind of works out this week. And we'll definitely cover this based on what's covered today in future weeks where we get other coaches on here sharing their worst story because I like knowing these details, but I don't want to have to go through every single injury as a coach in order to help someone who's going through that themselves. And obviously my injury with my knee has helped a lot of other coaches, even if they didn't go through a knee problem like I did. So the guys are going to take it away. And uh, we're trying to, we just got to Florida, but we're trying to get our shit together with two kids so I can keep grooving in the schedule. So guys have fun taking off and uh, Keegan will take it from here. See ya. Thanks, man. So for me, the, the tendon issues in general, are the biggest injury, the first one I had was 10 years old. I had an issue with the heel growth plate, but really they're all sort of tendon tension related where the bone muscle junction is giving problems. And, and that was the first one that I had to deal with when I was around 10 years old. And I remember just being really annoying that it hurt to run and we always get really stiff after. And yeah, I went to various podiatrists and doctors and things from 10 years old. And I've continued on that journey up until recently with always having those tendon issues. So for me, that's why when I saw what Ben was doing, when I saw the, the nature of ATG, 2018, I said, hey, this is something really important. I think this is the unspoken thing that happens when you take the colloquial approach to hypertrophy of hypertrophying all the ranges. If you and, and I think Charles really understood that some exercises cause a lot more structural damage than others, that if you applied that knowledge, then it was actually the, the secret weapon for tendons. And maybe Charles understood like that. Maybe he didn't. I don't, I don't, I didn't ever heard him talk about that. Ben Clifford more reveal if there was any any hits around that but there's nothing around that in any of the work that uh i did with with charles reading all these articles and things over the years the biggest one then specifically was the achilles i injured my achilles tendon i like a bit like ben's black eye that he was just telling us about when i first got it i didn't really think anything of it uh i was teaching i was doing warm-ups for the rugby team i'd moved to france to work with rugby league and i was doing warm-ups in the winter and I'll do the same wall up three times over. And I was taking on some of the Joe DeFranco pogo drills, which I thought were, were pretty cool to include in the dynamic wall up that I was doing at the time. And so I would do the drills three times. I would be enthusiastic in the drills. I was trying to bring energy to the sessions. And I was doing that, you know, regularly. And so I, I irritated my Achilles and I didn't really think anything of it. I just kind of ignored it later on, which should have paid. I sort of used to tenant pain since I was 10 years old. Like that's just what you do. And that ended up dragging on for like 10 years then pretty much after that. That was 2010, 2011, uh, end of 2010. And yeah, I would say that uh, it hasn't, I haven't had any issues in that area. It's still probably the weakest part of my body, but I haven't had any issues in that area for the last maybe six months. Uh, the reason why I don't think I overcame it fully even understanding, and I overcame tendonitis in my knees, my triceps, and all, all the other ones have been really easy to clear up with the short to long range kind of philosophy. 
the one with the Achilles, and I have heard this with a number of other people as well, the insertional Achilles pain uh, seems to be the one that is least easily overcome uh, from my understanding of case studies across talking to so many people. Um, I think the main issue for me is just that I probably don't care enough. I'm not trying to be a professional athlete anymore. I'm not really trying to dunk or anything, but then if I go and do something, it's the big differences between high and low that cause the issues. Uh, and I do think also the alignment is part of the issue. Like that foot is is like a sloppy, lazy, weak foot because it's been crappy for 10 years. And so working on some of the alignment stuff that you hear other coaches talking about, Graham Tuttle pushed it with me. Uh, that actually helps adding that together with, especially the KOT calf raises with a bit more attention to not letting the foot collapse. I think that's probably what's made the, the biggest difference to me. Like high repetition, double leg KOT calf raises, and, and and a bit more attention to the foot posture during that, not letting the foot be, be sloppy, I think is probably what's made the most difference. Uh, but still, yeah, that philosophy is sort of short to long. So I actually do like where we do the tib raises leaning against the wall. I do calf raises like that. That's a nice short range calf raise that I can do for 50 to 100 reps that doesn't stretch the tendon, but brings a lot of life into the area. And then turn around the other way. And I think that's probably the simplest formula that I've found for overcoming insertional calf pain. You can do uh, insertional Achilles pain. You could also do uh, like other ways of doing that. Sand calf raises, just focusing on the shorter range initially and then going into full stretch later, using really light loads initially. Lots of different ways using the same philosophy. The trick is to, to be able to gradually progress the force so you get the result. Yeah, that's my probably uh, most serious, annoying issue that I've dealt with it's not been ever to the point where I can't really do anything. It's just that it gets a little bit swollen later. It feels stiff, makes me not want to do things. And it's been on and off, like more of an issue and less of an issue over the last 11, 12 years. So it's really good feeling to be past that at 40 and uh, nearly 40, a couple, couple of weeks still. But uh, yeah, that's that's my story. And ATG is definitely to credit for me overcoming the Achilles, but you know, also the knees, the triceps, the biceps, uh, all of those. For me, what brought me towards really strength training in general was the overcoming of tennis elbow. When I first met Ben, I was struggling from this condition. The medical term, I believe, is called lateral epicondylitis. But it's basically inflammation of the tendons of the muscles that connect at the elbow. And it's very common with amongst tennis players. And I think that golfers we receive it on the other side of the elbow. So that was essentially what I was dealing with. Uh, growing up, my favorite tennis players were players like Pete Sampras, big server, uh, Andy Roddick, another big server, Joe Wilfried Sanga. These are guys that really would take advantage of their height and their weight and be able to put a lot of speed behind the ball. And you could see that the miles per hour is on the, on the TV and it would just drive me wild. So you know, I was always very inspired to try to go after my serve, hit it as hard as I can, which tactically now it's not really the smartest thing to do, but uh, it's definitely a style of play that a lot of players choose to go with. So as a result of my inspirations and the professional players that, you know, really got me fired up to play tennis, uh, I was really going after my serves and it's just constant impacts. You know, I, I think at my highest uh, serve speed on average was around 120 for a guy that's like 5'11". That's pretty, pretty good considering I don't have the leverage point of 
players that are 6'4", 6'8". So I subjected my elbow to a lot of force constantly. And the first time I came across tennis elbow, I was 14. And the way I could describe it is just it feels like you have shards of glass in your elbow and any kind of extension of your wrist, that instant is where you get like this searing pain in my tendons. And for me, you know, I went to Ben with that issue and he explained to me, you know, the different muscles in the area that connect in the elbow and the way we were going to address it. And so, you know, we ended up doing exercises like wrist extensions where you are, you know, in a neutral position, lay your arm against something and then you extend the wrist with a dumbbell. And then the, the inverse of that, which would be wrist flexion. On top of that, we also did radial flexion and um, ulnar flexion where the wrist moves side to side. So we're getting the, the muscles that connect between the wrist and the elbow stronger and stimulating them. Obviously, uh, being that I was dealing with an active injury, I would not be using a lot of weight. We would also do flossing, which is where you know you tie the joint around with some uh, rubber band, create some tension, do some reps, release it, increase blood flow to the area. And so the accumulation of that over time, I would then go out to the court after my workouts and I would only serve up to the point where I would not feel any discomfort. And over time, as I continued to do these exercises little by little, and then all the also larger exercises as well, such as chin-ups, doing dips, doing dumbbell pressing, the combination of those little exercises that stimulated the area, increased the blood flow to this joint, and then getting it stronger over time. I saw that my practice time to be able to do serving, I would strictly just go to serve. Initially, maybe I would do 15 minutes where I would feel some discomfort starting to settle in and then I would stop. And I saw that as time went on and I continued to do these exercises and these protocols, my time for serving would increase. I would be able to do a half hour, then 45 minutes, then up to an hour. You know, I could then do three whole baskets, roughly around, you know, 150 serves and actually like go for them and not feel any pain. So the, the application of ATG in the sense of finding the exercises that you can do to stimulate that area and then just consistently stimulate it and provide load in a way that doesn't cause any more damage that you can't recover from was ultimately what helped resolve my injuries for my elbow. And so that, that was really the main ruin I had as a tennis player. And then it then allowed me to be able to compete two years in the pro tour and not be with this handicap of, I can't go for my serve, which in the men's game, that's a huge advantage. So it, it really unlocked my potential as a tennis player. Um, so I think that, you know, I will be releasing a protocol for the wrists and elbows soon. So then that, that was what I did to, to get back into a playing state. So I think, uh, Ben Clarefield has a very similar story to Ben Clarefield. What do you have for us? Well, I mean, I love this. I think this is a really great topic because I think, you know, there's, there's a couple things, um, before I get into my, uh, my injuries and whatnot, I think there's this conception that we're coaches or natural athletes or something like that. We're on the spectrum of the people that got it because people invariably come to us and when they see us in the gym, we're often way stronger, movements much better, more well, all of these things that the gym has given us. But I think this is really great because it 
shares with everyone that that's not true. Often we're of the worst, but I think the other magical thing about this is that we're all firm believers in the ability to, with hard work and perseverance and the right recipe, we can change from being quote unquote injured or broken or whatever it is to this transition to people that are more capable than, you know, the general population. And if not, you know, some pretty elite capabilities. So I think that's really cool. Um, to have that be where we discuss that a little bit more intensely on a personal level. Um, to talk about what Charles did for me, it, it, I'll jump in from what Keegan said earlier, which is talking about the tendon stuff. So the way Charles explained it to me was eccentric work was a really great, great way of building tendon ligament strength. And I think the genius of the way Charles did it was the way he made people. So, so the way Charles explained it to me was the combination of range of motion, quote unquote, and all the different areas and angles of movement that he did in the shoulder, the elbow, the wrists, the back, hip, knee, ankle, pauses, partials, all kinds of different tempos, and 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 a, and controlling eccentric movement with obviously all the different contrenchic was the way that he he sort of explained ligament tendon stuff, um, and we know that eccentric work. We have data on eccentric work building, building attendance. So that's sort of how I got taught that. I think you've uh, you've put Keegan. I have to say, your short range, long range stuff with tendons and this kind of stuff. I think it's it's just a brilliant paradigmatic explication. I don't just want to, as they say, blow smoke up here. You know, hoo ha! It's uh, it's it's. I think it's a really brilliant way of articulating these things that agree upon from a movement point of view into a recipe of how do you address things. And I think the other thing that that's key to all of our, you know, this is how we all agree. Ben's done it and spoken about it ad nauseum, but I still think it's worth talking about it again, is the genius of the regression. And I think you talked about that with your ankle and your, you know, your, your Achilles and your joints in that sort of way, which is like, how do you find the regression to, and, you know, Marcel's talking about that with the elbow and the genius is like, how do you find the regression that you're capable of doing that can bring some movement and blood flow to the area such there starts to be a capability of more movement with tissue remodeling that you can do more complex and greater movements at greater load. And I think that's the genius. I mean, I think it's a very arrogant thing to describe one's methods as genius, but they're not really my methods. I learned from Charles and, you know, seeing the interpretation that Ben and you Keegan have done it and I've interpreted in my own way. But I, so, so I'm not picking ownership in the sense that I invented it, but I think the reason I do it with my athletes and clients and ATG does it with everyone that comes to us for the recipe especially the coaches that are, you know, at the forefront that have done it themselves. And I think that's huge. And I think that's what we're talking about is it's such a brilliant way of thinking. It's regression plus, plus short range, long range, plus range of motion to the level of the ability that each joint and person can do it. And I think the thing that Marcel's saying is on top of the big movement. So as he was doing things for his elbow, he was doing various pulling movements and he was doing various pressing movements and he was doing, doing curls and he was doing... And then he was doing things, you know, for his legs. And so, so the thing is that we talked about the back where it's expansive. We talked about the neck being part of the back and the pullover being very useful for the low back. With, with, and it wasn't just targeting that area. So as you expansively improve capabilities on all the body, it's an amazing thing that the thing that you were hurt with, which was the wrist or the elbow, whatever, good things come. So I think there's there's really cool things in that. So I'm, you know, I'm as they say, I'm older ugly and you know and the injury is not that i'm not going to talk about, it's not the black eye although that's my my recent one with the uh old man hobby that i've picked which is jujitsu i don't know if it's intelligent or not but it's really addictive and it's great 
mine was a knee injury. So I thought I was invincible at 5'11 to be able to dunk. Now I wasn't tomahawk dunking, but still 5'11 to dunk. Not bad. Not bad. Um, um, I, again, I thought I was invincible. I landed and planted. I was playing basketball and I tore my meniscus. I had a bucket handle tear in my right knee and, uh, I couldn't straighten my knee. I couldn't, uh, fully, uh, flex it. So there was nothing that could be done, but I needed surgery. Uh, I had 75% surgery in my right knee. I've uh, removed of the meniscus removed in my right knee. Um, I was told by the surgeon that I would have arthritis and that there was three things I should do. One, don't run long distance, which is, you know, putting wear and tear on the knee Two, don't get fat, which is mass on the joint, more mass on the joint meant, you know, more wear and tear on it and get as strong around it as possible. So sometimes I got fat, sometimes I didn't. So that's, that's the nutritional choice, but I, I learned, I learned how to deal with that. Thank God. That's not really what I am right now. So I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a, you know, I, 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 I lean onto the side of more leanness, but it depends on the day, but you know, um, and so I, I followed that one. Uh, I don't really do much long distance running, although I'm capable, but I, I, it doesn't appeal to me, but, uh, that's not really what I, what I do. So to check and then my research brain, which is, I was on a totally different path. I was going to be an academic in philosophy. My research brain ch- uh, changed to researching this idea of getting as strong as possible around the joint. And fortunately I found Charles Poliquin. Uh, I didn't pursue, uh, this in an academic route. It was as practical as possible. I wanted practical solutions for my knee. So, you know, it turns out the great thing is I had a tear in my left knee. Also, I still have that tear. I have a tear in my meniscus in my left knee and thankfully I haven't had to have surgery. And to be fair, I don't really feel it because of all the amazing work I've done with the genius that I've learned from Charles, Lito Portal, all the stuff we do over many, many years. And I think that's, that's the, that's an interesting thing, but I, I think sort of to, to add one other injury, a year and a half ago, I had elbow surgery. Uh, I was, uh, I tapped late, um, to an arm bar in jujitsu, which was my stupid fault. Uh, I escaped three times before. And the last time the person sat in a very advanced black belt, not again. And it was, I was too late and I, it popped and I had other damage that I'd done doing some Olympic lifting. And, uh, what was really cool about it in some ways, and, and I sort of always remember this, my whole career path changed when I had my knee injury because I thought I was going this academic route. And I, I did, I pursued a master's in, in uh, medieval religion and philosophy. And I really enjoyed that. And that was still a passion of mine. This, this, the stuff Keegan and I have talked about this many, many a time. Um, and, uh, but my, what I see is the injury when, when you're in it, you feel like, and Brent, I know Brenda's going to talk about this. When you're in it, you feel like you're cursed. You had all this ability. I was a pretty good athlete. And suddenly it's all taken away and you feel totally in the dumps, you feel you know, depression, all this kind of stuff. You're like, what am I was so athletic. I was so physical and it's gone. I can't do anything. This is before I understood with my knee before I understood all the training mechanisms, which is okay. Even if you have an injured right knee, you train the left knee really good things happen. It actually speeds up the process of peeling and the one that's injured, all these really cool things I learned from Charles and all the stuff that you can do and you can train your upper body and can train. So that was later. I didn't know that, but my, my whole transition to researching all of these things, looking back, I have a full career change where I've met great people like yourselves, other great coaches. I've managed to train a ton of athletes, wonderful people, general pop people. They're just amazing people that I've had the privilege to help. And in some ways I would have never done that if I would have never had the injury. So Stu McGill has a book and I don't agree with everything he says, but I think he's very brilliant in all kinds of different ways. And, and he, it's a book called the gift of injury. And 
And I truly believe that. And I think like talk to Ben about that, that Ben, Ben totally feels that, that his path has allowed him to succeed beyond his wildest dreams, um, and be able to help countless tens of thousands of people. And I feel very lucky in that same way. So, so that's, so that's something I think. And I think the thing is also now that I do jujitsu, even though I injured my elbow, it wasn't that depressing because I, in my head, I knew all the things that I could do. So I bought all these grip tools and we talked about all the grip stuff. So all these grip toys that are associated with elbow recovery. And I did all of them before surgery and I did all my own rehab and, and, uh, and it was one of these things that, and, and what's funny is that the surgeon sent us a pro hockey player that we did a shoulder recovery for because of that connection. So all kinds of wonderful things that have come from that, uh, from that, from that, uh, from that injury. And in some ways it's just, a, in some ways it's this very strange, magical thing that the world gives you this injury and it causes you, if you look at it, to confront it and do all the things that we do and really good gifts come from it. So I don't, I don't know. I, in some ways I look back and I'm, maybe it's a bit cliche, but I'm, I'm supremely grateful for the injuries I've had because they've, they've allowed me to learn in a way where I can overcome and I feel more confident in the abilities that I have to, to work on these things. So I, I look, when I go to jujitsu, I'm not as fearful of like, who knows what's going to happen today. And I don't know if I'm going to need certain, but I feel like if I, if I get a tweak or an injury or something, I know what I'm going to do for that joint because of all the tools and the recipes that we have that I'm much more confident about me going to do something that's, you know, there's risks involved in injuries, but again, I'm, I'm much less egotistical about it, about tapping and making sure that I, that I don't put myself in the most risky situation. So, but I think it's a wonderful gift to have these tools that allow us to protect our joints and recover in a way that's much faster. Even, I mean, to even believe that you can recover, I think is a, is a very wonderful thing. So anyway, that's my rambling story. So I would say the knee is the entry and the elbow is because of all of all of the things I've learned. It's it put me in that situation where I think that the recipe is great and it's just, it's on the coach to just, to, to see where that movement position is. So when Keegan says, yeah, it's kind of blood flow here, there for the ankle and the kit, he's really thought about that. I mean, he's thought about the whole body, but, but I like that And Marcel's for the elbow. And when you, you've gone through it, that doesn't mean you have to go through the same knee stuff Marcel as Ben and I have. It doesn't mean we have to go through the same ankle thing as, you know, or the elbow thing, you know, I guess Marcel and I have, or the back thing that, you know, Brendan has, but in some ways the experience that we all have with the recipe book that we're saying, you apply the recipe with the movement patterns at the regression or progression. It's an amazing tool. And again, like I don't meet, I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing, but I really don't feel like it's mine. I feel like it's my duty. And I know it's all of you guys feel the same way for us to promulgate it, try and help more people. Um, again, when you help more people, it helps you more, but I, I just think that, that those things go hand in hand. That's my, uh, two cents at this, uh, at this juncture. Amazing, man. So I just want to quickly kind of touch on each one of your points because it really stood out to me. I think I've said on every podcast I've done with Keegan before that he's put out the most valuable, easily understandable tendon content anywhere that's widely accessible. Like it, it's not even just about who creates these concepts. Obviously, they're longstanding matters of biology, but whoever packages it in a way that can fit in the most people's mailbox like the packaging of his message hit me so easily and i've sent that link to the attendance long range short range athletic range to so many people my dms because the amount of words it would take me to type versus just that youtube hyperlink that i know perfectly shows the practical application to then 
like the easy traps that we fall into as athletes, especially if you're extra hardworking, these chronic injuries are more alike than they're different. And uh, so, yeah, Keegan has done so much great work on tendons, and I'm glad we talked about tendons because that's really 20 injuries wrapped in one. So if we could even just help on that grand topic, that's a lot of different injuries that people are going to get help from. Uh, I think Marcel probably just totally spoke to dozens of tennis players that like are feeling absolutely frustrated and maybe on the same mission to hit a tennis ball hard enough to to break five windows just absolutely like a menace on the court uh i can't even imagine the type of pain you're feeling but i'm sure someone who is experienced and trying to hit harder 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 knows exactly what you mean of the shards of glass immediately so that's super valuable and Ben said a lot of stuff that hits home with me about the injury being the gift, about how even if you don't solve the injury, you can solve the problem of the injury. Um, and what I mean by that is the injury I'm going to talk about today that I haven't spoken much about before probably would image the exact same as when I was injured, just I have no symptoms, so I forget I ever had it. And so I'll talk about the injuries now. Um, the I had four main injuries that really kind of ruined my life in different ways, and they weren't all equally as hard. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about today was the most annoying. That just made the least sense to me. So I've obviously talked about the back. That one actually took over my entire psyche and my just capability of life. felt like it's so central. Um, the first injury I ever had was tendonitis in my left knee, patellar tendonitis, super classic, and I got surgery on it because that's just how little I knew after... A year and a half tendonitis, they split the tendon in half and sutured it back just for blood flow. What else gets blood flow to tendons? Reverse sled. I didn't know. So, and then the other injury, shin splints that were stress fractures. That was really weird because training tibs weren't a thing either until I found Ben Patrick. Uh, so just simple solutions probably would avoid it. The one injury that I feel like still has been fully explored maybe it's not as common is sports hernias and so i had one in 2020 and i think i figured out probably the building factors that led to it i was always running track since age 14 and i got it 22 and one common thing about track athletes if you speak of anyone's experience and they've done a shit ton of traditional core exercises so at the end of every single practice we're doing flutter kicks we're doing crunches by the hundreds in my college weight room uh, circuit for D2, we would do in between every single strength set, 25 crunches. I don't know why. Between cleans, 25 crunches. Between deadlifts, 25 crunches. Like just the hyper focus on rectus abdominis, such a pure six pack abs, it's kind of a cultural thing more than anything in the track world. I believe that over time, hyper, just like focusing on these upper ab areas, can't see the camera, but here and then no strengthening of the lower ab wall hip flexors that's an obvious strength discrepancy and so during the lockdown of covid i'm in my backyard doing my typical hundreds of ab things and i do a leg raise just lowering my legs and then ping i feel like an absolute hip pop kind of when you're some people have snapping hip but it was like way different and instantly i get up and i'm just feeling like a tonal buzzing feeling a bunch of referral pain now i've realized and uh, tried not to freak out about it. I waited a few days, started Googling, going to WebMD, as you should never probably do. And 
it lingered on for months. And then I got the imaging done. Like, yep, you have a, you have a tear in your low ab wall. And uh, my biggest realization with this, the reason I picked this injury is because there weren't even really good hunches on conservative treatment for it. It was like you have a, you have a hole in your ab wall that will never regain back. It's just a tear. Um, the factor is, do you have symptoms at month four? If you do, you're probably always going to have symptoms. That's at least from what I was reading in the protocols, the standard procedures. And if you do feel alleviation of symptoms through training the core, doing these stabilizations, the torso exercise, the corrective exercise, stuff that doesn't really address structure, if those things work, then you're good. Um, I was symptomatic two years, and the biggest frustration was that I could not sprint because going into that elongated stride where you're actually, when that leg is behind you, it's just literal tension you cannot handle. Uh, this injury was a little gnarly because just like the disc herniation, for some reason this was really causing nerve pain. And I would get it kind of like up the side and by the rib in some weird way. And also, I don't know the parental ratings on this podcast, so I'll euphemism, but I was having pain all down to male genitalia and it was terrible. I was going to see doctors for like that. I thought I had like a serious risk of an illness or some cancer or something. And so none of that was really well presented, documented from me looking through the studies and what was out there. And ATG directly fixed this for me through time because I went to zero program. Uh, because I couldn't train anymore. Currently, my back was so bad. And that didn't load the spine. And I figured I'll build from the ground up. And I realized day one of trying to do a split squat, that stretch loaded hip flexor position was like the epitome of what my sports hernia could not tolerate. So I've always found through the first different injuries, like, wow, where I really sucked is exactly where I ended up getting better at as symptoms improve. So I had talked to doctors already. I wanted to go back to sprinting. They told me if you're having issues years later, the only way it'll get better is if you get a mesh on uh, a wall and maybe re release the adductor. They, they have a classic thing they do. Um, I was reading that Peyton Manning has done that four times and he was still playing and he kept re-injuring it every year. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a successful surgery. What the hell? So I decided before I go through with surgery that I can't go back from, let me try to get this split squat to flat ground. So I started probably at 9, 12, probably 2 or 3 feet actually, not even inch, 2 or 3 feet elevation, not because of my knee ability, but purely because of the back hip flexor. And over the 3 months of getting down to flat, I literally went from in unbearable symptoms at even a regress level and running was possible to now like, I feel nothing in my hip flexor. I can run. I might get something the next day. It's not perfect. But that, that progress showed this is the right track. Uh, and it took some years. Like even as I got stronger, I, if I did a split squat session that was a little bit overextending, like I wasn't being true about the range I owned, I would wake up pretty messed up. I probably even in the last year mentioned the Marcel. Marcel's trained with me in person and seen me mess myself up countless times. Hip flexor strain earlier this year was pretty related, but that's long story short. I was making progress and that was enough for me to realize, all right, drop the whole surgery thing that doesn't even address the underlying issue. Why does this not improve itself with time? And I think that's, if 
I were to try to make this a more relatable message to a listener is like, whether it's sports attorney or tendon issue or a very specific, you know, tennis player issue in the elbow, going into it, just waiting for time to heal it makes sense in some ways, but the nature of a lot of injuries, it, it really doesn't work to just wait it out long term, especially like Achilles tendonitis. You're walking on that thing every day. You're getting low-grade aggravation. It's bad every single day. Uh, you got to find a route to now start like mitigating pain so you can just be kind of pain-free on baseline and then build and build and build. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of gaps of accessible knowledge. One of the biggest things I realized, too, during that period, I know it's a little long-winded at this point, but I think this is cool. I couldn't squat anymore without intense hip pain uh it was like impingement pain on that same side i thought it was just a completely separate issue meanwhile the low ab is right here and then the hip is right here and i started reading into it online it's like i think the stat was something of 70 percent of operated sports hernias they also looked and diagnosed fai which is like femoral articular impingement it's basically impingement of the femur in the hip socket so the majority of sports hernias also correlate with hip impingement. That's kind of like majority of knee surgeries correlate with no VMO. I'm like, well, that's a huge thing. How come we don't hear about that? And it's, I don't think anyone's to blame. I don't think it's like, you know, a malicious thing. It's just like no one's piecing together the dot because we're so quick to go to the ready solution. Um, and fortunately, I came to ATG, which exposed my weaknesses. So now I want to try to like, help people make their own discoveries in that way. So I think that's the coolest thing about injury. Uh, I think that is why it's the gift is once you overcome one or two of them, it doesn't ruin you. You can almost look at it from like curious stance. Like this is a really, really interesting injury. I I'm going to eventually figure something out. Um, and you just become patient. So yeah, that was my sports radio surgery. I, I need to work on kind of condensing that a little bit. That one was super annoying. And the referral pain was very confusing because pain goes everywhere in the body when it affects nerves. And so I'd love to hear what you guys think either on that or go back tendons. We could talk about whatever. This is such a cool topic. So I'll wrap it up here. Yeah, well, that's that's a wild story. I, I had a sports radio as well, but... I didn't get any nerve issue. It was just localized pain, coughing, sneezing, tension, that kind of thing. I actually did it stretching, you know, pushing the weighted stretches without kind of warming up after sitting around on the computer you know, and then just being like, oh, I'm going to work on my splits now. And then you know, just thinking I'm bulletproof. Like that's that's how I did it. And my mind was relatively easy to resolve. It did take like six months to be fully resolved, but it was just gradually got better with gradually more you know initially it, it wasn't feeling like it was getting any better it was annoying all the time and then started with just short range stuff trying to get blunt flow to it and gradually did more stuff that would test it for tension the split squat is a great example uh but yeah yours was sounds nasty it's, it does sound like you snapped the nerve like you you actually tore a nerve i've heard a few people describe their torn nerve stuff i may, maybe it's not but it's uh yeah, that's wild. Uh, yeah, wasn't fun. It was definitely. I I realized how common it is too. I'm not even surprised that you had it. Like I, I've talked to a lot of people, yeah. whether a traditional hernia or inguinal or sports hernia. It's one of those yeah. things. 
you got it. That kind of sucks. Now what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, it is more common than people realize. It's not one that people generally want to talk about uh, as much, but yeah. Well done. Bring it to the table. The thing I want to add here, and maybe this is where we can go with the, the, the end of this conversation is kind of the opportunity that comes with injury right? because we do speak to a lot of young men or middle-aged men who feel like their lives are being taken away from them because they can't express themselves physically and and that sucks and we also kind of spoke about the opportunity that comes with injury because i'd be dealing with overuse stuff and niggling stuff since young i always sort of knew that there was something that i could work on and as a strength coach if i had something that was bothering me well it was still my job to lift everybody else up and kind of pull my own stuff to the side. And so I think that that is a really important message to get across of like, okay, you've got something that's bothering you with your knee. Like how's your grip strength? How's, you know, there's, there's always something that you can improve and there's always something that you can turn into fun and it actually makes training enjoyable. And then it helps you to get into your rehab and keep momentum going around that area. But I think that concept of, where can you make gains? And I saw this with professional athletes. Careers are made when athletes get injured. The type that they're out from their sport, they get to work on their body. And often it's the only time they really get to make significant changes in their bodies. They get a big injury, like an ACL, for example. Then they got that. They got six, nine, 12 months where they get to just, all they need to do is improve their body. And the last part of the rehab, you know, they're getting back on the field and they're doing things but you can actually make incredible gains in the nervous system of an athlete. Like you get to treat them a bit more like a Chinese weightlifter, you know, developing every aspect of their body, developing the nervous system, developing their capacity to deal with training volume. And you can definitely make an athlete's career during that time. Sometimes it really is a blessing. And you need to be aware of if you pack a ton of muscle on the upper body, players that have repeated lower body injuries, that is a huge thing that wasn't as strong on my radar until I understood the, you know, ATG talking about build from the ground up. It's not just do you weigh 100 kilos, it's where that 100 kilos is distributed on the body. So this is an important thing to keep in mind as well. Like going nuts in the gym while you've got an injury, but then also realize, okay, at some point we're going to need to be mindful of exactly where this muscle mass and strength is distributed uh, to, to avoid future in- injury. But yeah, take the opportunity of your injury to to specialize in something else, to develop something else. And if you have that mental lens, then you'll overcome what it is that's that's been bothering you. I think that's uh, something that I wish someone had explained that to me as well earlier on, but it's just sort of, you maybe just do it after a while. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts if you've had like big wins in other areas uh, while, you've, while you've been injured or I guess Marcel, you know, like it took you maybe two Ben, how much has that impacted your test? The fact that you had that that injury and started to address other issues as well. I guess for me, what uh, ultimately resolving my elbow issues really opened up my mind to the, the idea that something can be done about an unfavorable situation. And you know, we can always do our best to see what's in the medical literature nowadays, but it's a it's a matter of truth that. We don't know the the full capabilities of the human body. We don't fully know or com- completely understand its capacity to make a, an injury better. And we always see, you know, emerging science on new things or discoveries in the body that uh, 
in regards to that. And so, you know, I think that what we do in ATG that's very special, which Clarefield has just, you know, talked about on his his section is where we've all gone through this phase where something was not correct. Something was, we were hurt. We were not this pristine uh, image of what an athlete is. And by figuring out, you know, applying the science that is available to us and trying to connect the dots, as Brendan suggested, in what is possible, you can then gradually work your way up through ability and stimulate these areas to to repair themselves we we've yet to fully understand what is the upper limits and many things can influence that you know your 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 psycho your psychology your your mental state affects your body in different ways you know we, there's there's many different things your diet could affect your capacity to heal so we don't know if all things are optimal what is the body's optimum chance to heal itself? So, you know, I think what is going to help most people uh, is to be able to recognize, you know, try to find that, that the regression level in which you can work and stimulate this area that is being affected by pain, whether it's nerve damage or, you know, the physical structures are damaged, like a muscle tear, the ligaments, uh, the tendons, whatever it may be, and gradually see if you can increase their capacity for stress and as you consistently supply that stress ideally more and more adaptation sets in and your capacity to to grow and to, to test this area expands further so that's that's really my closing statement is that you know be be open to the idea that something could be done about a present time situation and just try to find the way in which it can gradually be rebuilt. Uh, and, you know, that's what we do at ATG. So, Clarefield, over to you. I think it's great. I think, you know, there's a psychology of dealing with weak links. And I think our whole philosophy at ATG is that's what we do. We confront weak links from a position of intellectual honesty instead of pretending and glossing over or sweeping things under the rug. If your trajectory isn't strong enough, we're going to work on that. If your neck isn't strong enough, we're going to work on that. If your shoulders aren't strong enough, we're going to work on that. If your knee, if your split squat stuck, we're going to work on that. If your low back stuck, we're going to work on that. And if your calves stuck, we're... and that's sort of who we are. And But I think Keegan hit something very interesting psychologically because a lot of people will come to us as coaches in the program online or the pe in person. It's the same thing. People come and spend their hard-earned money and they want to return on investment and they want results to happen with what we tell them to do. I think he can hit on something that's a very interesting psychological point, which is it already takes a significant quantity of courage for people that he said, I think it, you're right, men, women, but I think there's, there's that truth of like when someone's injured and they, it's a wall with it that they hit, it's, they think they're moving forward and they hit this wall and they think there's absolutely no way to deal with that. And this is who I am. I'm broken. I'm bust. This is my, my lot in life. But I think our job is to show that there's a door, there's a way to walk around the wall whatever it might be. And that's the recipe that we have. But I think, I think there's the, the, the psychological gem that I think Keegan mentioned, I think it's worth talking about a lot is the win of working on something that they're not, that is not their weak link. Like the idea that, okay, we're going to work on your grip strength. Your grip strength doesn't stuck. It's totally fine, but we're going to make it really superior. Or, you know, we're working on your knee injury, but we're going to make your shoulders absolutely magical and really strong. And I think that the, that's a really cool thing where you, you get the win of doing some of the good stuff, even though obviously the person coming to you to deal with their knee or 
the shoulder of their kid, whatever it might be. And, and you can kind of, you know, tennis that, you know, you can get a bit of a rally that it's like today we're going to work on weak link tomorrow. We're going to work on the good thing. And, you know, there's some good in the, or we're going to do a little bit of both. It's like, now you're going to do your step ups because your knee sucks or whatever. And now we're going to go do some stuff for your, you know, some upper body, your new chin ups. Cause you're actually good at chin ups, whatever. And, and we're going to work on that and build on that so that that's, that there's a flowering of capability of a feeling of winning and capability instead of just the depressive reminder of an injury that will get better with our recipe. And I think there's, there's real, real intelligence to that approach. The other thing I want to mention, this is my last point. And I think we use it. I don't know if it's too much or if it's not, but I think there's this concept of bulletproofing. And I think, uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a rhetorical marketing pitch. And I know Ben talks about it often. I talk about it often, but I think the idea that it's like, and now your knees are bulletproof. If someone, God forbid, takes a gun and shoots you in the knee, like no amount of split squats or step ups, you're going to make it quote unquote bulletproof. And I think in some way that's the idea of bulletproofing I like, but I think the promise of it is a bit of a falsehood in the sense that there's no bulletproofing. There's really like a probability scale of like less bad things will happen to that knee in jujitsu or in basketball or in sprinting or in tennis or in rugby or football. If you've done these wonderful things that are going to build tissue and muscle and ligament and tendons and capability of load bearing, you know, structure. Um, but there's no guarantees. If someone drops, jumps off a 10 story building, it's not, wow, my knees are so bulletproof. I can land like, and I think there's a bit of a perspective to that, but, but I think that's the thing. I think, I think the thing is to realize that in this process of bulletproofing, from the most regressed to advanced. And again, uh, you know, all of you guys have such great capabilities and, you know, Ben's our, our, our spearhead of showing magical knee capability, but he's good on a whole bunch of other things. It's not like his upper body's weak, even though he likes saying that, um, you know, I think, I think that's the thing is like showing people that this injury isn't a wall. It's actually, as Keegan says, as you know, Marcel, as Brendan, is that like an opportunity to find a path around that, that can actually be really fruitful and, and, and give so many dividends and gifts and, and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I would say. I'm I, looking back. I'm lucky. My whole life has been changed because of an injury I had. I who knew that this is where I would be. And you know, there's ups, there's downs, but I'm pretty grateful where I am. And, you know, I look forward to the future to, to helping more people. I think, I think it's worthwhile for us to share the stories. And I think for other coaches to discuss and, and realize that they should share their stories with with their, with their athletes and each other and, and have it be something that it's not, it's not a, a victim. We're not trying to be victims. It's almost like, what a wonderful thing that we had this thing. And it takes time when you're in the midst of an injury. It's not like you're like, yay, I have an injury. I feel great. It's like, no, it's, it's upsetting. It's, you know, you know that, you know, at best and you're in the situation, you're like, okay, I know there's a whole bunch of work to do, but this kind of sucks. But, but afterwards you can look back and say, what an amazing thing I put all this work in. And, uh, and I'm better. What a cool thing. I, I don't know. It's in some ways a bit of a superpower appeal that you can take someone and, and heal them. I don't know. I, I get, I get high off it that I've done it. And I know all of our ATG people that that's what we do. We get high off of having someone come to us. So like, I thought it was broken. Oh my God, my knee feels better. My shoulder, my back, my, you know, all this stuff. So I, again, I feel grateful. I think it's great, but I also think it's cool. To, I think it's worthwhile to share and reshare and have our people share that it's not just that we're naturally gifted in the way, but it's now we, we put the work in and, and you can too. I don't know. You know, that's, that's my last, that's my two cents. I feel like the concept of Bulletproof is very cool in that you're, uh, to revisit that, that you're trying to have your capacity just trying to outpace the demands. That's just a general concept, but life is never perfect. And even if it were, what fun is that? Like truly 
I don't think a good life is one that avoids all adversaries, just all like adversity is gone. You avoided all the traps. You get to the end of it, be like, well, that was successful, I guess. Like, all right, I'm still here at the same point. I'd rather have the highs and lows for context and perspective because when you meet someone, odds are they're either at their low or their high. They've gone through both and you connect a lot better. And to be honest, like the, the injuries being the greatest gift, I've been injured since I was 16 until 22. I didn't start making content until 22, 23, 24, and even making any progress till now, 25. I never knew it was going to help, but like, man, if I didn't go through those injuries, I wouldn't know what to make a freaking video about. Like, a single one. I would, I would be like, I'm not an expert. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I'm pretty average in a lot of things. I'm getting better, but listen to me. Like, I don't know. But storytelling relating to pain is like literally the biggest gift I have. And so it's easy for us to maybe say to someone like, on the this side, hey, it's a big blessing and sounds like fluff talk, but uh, it's just so true. And the wins and the, the, the deceiving part of injuries is that you just start collecting more losses than wins. And there's the biology of belief, I think, is a really real thing. And Charles was really big into that, too. And just like setting people up for wins, no matter how small, because it actually changes the outcome. And they've done that in studies. Even if they go through the same protocol, they're like, you just let one think they're winning and the other think they're losing every single time. And there's, it literally yields better results to some degree. And so once I broke from the normal dogma of training, like it's just squat bench that clean and I bat back and do half those to like all the new structures and different ranges that I could train. Okay. Well, I, I had an aggravated knee in real life, like the past two, three months. And Marcel's seen me complain about it and work on it. But in my head, it was like, cool, this is just the season to work on my back. Like, I'm just going to get really strong with my RDL and back stretch. And the funny thing is, like, through focusing on something I wasn't going to prior and improving my back strength significantly, all my lifts went up, which is a consistent thing you can hear with back. You're going to get anything stronger, get your low back stronger. I, I literally went back to split squats feeling stronger than I left, and I haven't been able to work on that. So when you really see the opportunity and working on the other stuff, you don't, the game never stops. You don't ever have to be out of the game of training. If you're, if you're a basketball player and you tear your Achilles, yeah, I mean, you should still bench, but like, who cares, right? That's going to be very frustrating. However, if you think more long-term to my overall development, there's so many qualities that go into being a world-class athlete or even a great, better athlete. There's so many qualities you can always improve. That's such an optimistic realization that I've had. And you don't ever have to be stuck. And uh, so, yeah, the opportunity does come from the overcoming. And it's so cool that ATG is really founded on just that. A bunch of people who were really hurt and injured and neglected by a system that promised to heal them back. And we were non-responders to just the generic traditional route and we had to get creative and find the corners of the earth where these training gems were and that's what ben's done that's both ben's keegan even marcel like you guys have done great jobs in organizing the solutions that are so needed for people and uh i wouldn't exist if atg didn't exist because i would still be injured no one would ever like hear any part of my story I'm not saying i'm grandiose or anything but like i know i've helped some people and that's only because you guys helped me. And it's only because the overcoming of problems. So, yeah, of course, it's going to be hard. But that's 
what makes it worthy of going through. Injuries are, are very deceiving like that. You will feel completely lost in it, but if you get out of it, it's fun to laugh at. Just kind of look back at the stories like, wow, listening to Ben today, Patrick, recalling the time he couldn't do a single Nordic with this guy, Fernando, two of the strongest guys I know. They're like, yeah, remember the first time we tried Nordics? Couldn't even do it. That's impossible for me to fathom, but I see how funny it is for them looking back. It's like, that's beautiful more than just never dealing with an issue. So, yeah, I think we covered it pretty well for, for today, that finishing idea that there's going to be challenges and that that is actually where the opportunity is when you help someone and then you go pass that on and everybody's looking for solutions. I think that's a good optimistic place to leave with the body, but also in the bigger picture, whatever's going on in people's lives at the moment, look for that opportunity, look for the thing that you can get better, pass on something good. Even if there's nothing good in your life, if you try and make someone else's life better, that can be one of the best things as well. And I think you're all experiencing that on some level, right? With the positivity that we get to have with ATG and just seeing this whole community and empire continuing to expand the physical side of it is is actually only one aspect of it. And I've spoken about this with, with Ben as well. It's like, this is bigger than just fixing knees and even just fixing the body. You know, there's something else going on here where people are deciding to fix themselves and they're deciding to make positive change in their lives. And that is flowing on to other people. And if we can continue to do that, it doesn't matter what happens with the economy. It doesn't happen, matter what happens with, you know, some of these issues that we see in the world today. If the more people adopt this as a life philosophy, as well as an injury philosophy and a physical philosophy, the better off we're going to be. So, uh, yeah, maybe getting a bit uh, philosophical, but I think that that's at the core of it. This really is the heart of ATG. Like this is the very epicenter of ATG. It's a living philosophy, and then that expands out through the knee to the rest of the body. And um, yeah, I, I love that we get to be a part of this. I love that we get to have these discussions and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from people listening to the podcast. So if you are listening to it and you want to share some positive feedback, if you want to you know, send some energy back our way or towards Ben or towards you know, supporting the podcast, that is massively appreciated. I want to see it continue. And uh, I guess the boss will decide there at some stage if we're going to keep doing these, but so far so good. And and I appreciate you guys for, for your efforts today and all the energy that you put into overcoming those those injuries. And everybody who's listening who's overcome stuff. There's so many, we've all heard so many stories, so many thank yous, so many, you know, and if, if you're not one of them just yet, if you're dealing with something, you know, uh, there's, there's lessons here in this today. If you listen to it, if you really dive into it, do your research, take responsibility. Uh, maybe no one else is going to find the solution for you. You know, maybe you're, you're, you're going to have to take responsibility for it yourself. And, and yeah, we're, we're here to help. We're here to help. Uh, the other thing that, you know, put out there, like we're here to help. I mean, we might not have the solution. But we have quite a few. I mean, that's, that's sort of my, I mean, we're here to help. I think at the end of the day, it's what all of us, you know, those of us at HGD, like in other coaches too, in other fields, but, but at the end of the day, that's what we've chosen to do. So we're here to help. Legendary. Have an amazing day. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Anyone. Thanks for listening. I'll have out there. Yeah. Thank you guys. Take care guys.